yeah, this one hurt. This one hurt a, a lot. Yeah. one Spurs for another daily podcast on this latest unusual Friday for many of us. No pub, no weekend outings to anticipate or anything like that as the coronavirus pandemic has each of us consigned to our houses all but full time, something which, of course, different people can adjust to with different degrees of ease. Simon Peter on the line again to review the 2011-12 season. But I think we should first talk about how much these podcasts are boosting all three of our moods at such an unnerving time. And also Ricky is not with us at the moment. So how do you feel, Sim, how these podcasts, are they helping your mood? I mean, if I'm honest, they've kind of of become my life. I mean, thanks to them, I've always got something to do. I just hope that we're delivering some kind of entertainment to Spurs fans or indeed non-Spurs fans. But really, really enjoying it, enjoying speaking to you guys and... It's a, it's, a, it's a real education, actually, just going back and reminding yourselves about everything that's happened. To me, it's like really great to relive and it's reawakened sort of like old memories, but also just, just having contact with the outside world in a way, you know. It's, <laughs> for sure, yeah, for sure. It's a good way of reaching out to the outside world. I totally agree. I'm really enjoying it purely because I like the chronological order we're doing it in because we're going backwards. So you sort of, you can sort of see like, you know, Harry Kane had a squad number in the season after this. And, you know, it's just interesting to sort of see these players, how they're sort of evolving. So I'm sort of quite liking the chronological, you know, structured order we're doing it in. So that, that sort of uh, is really uh, exciting me, actually. Yeah, we can't move anyway. forward right now, can we? So we might as well go back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we do get back to 1920-21 season, that's going to be a tough one. Anyway, (laughs) before we crack on with the, let's be honest, heartbreaking and ultimately rewardless 2011-2012 season, we'd just like to thank listeners again for their brilliant support of the podcast. A notable mention to JC McLean on Twitter, who's been extremely engaging and is very entertaining Spurs tweeter himself. We'd love to have you on the podcast, mate, if you if you fancy it. Get in touch if you're interested. Just direct message us. It'd be brilliant to have you on there because your tweeting is fantastic. So it'd be great insight. Yeah, cheers, mate. So let's go. 2011-2012, Harry Redknapp's final season. <coughs> Just how scintillating was our football in the first half of that campaign? Peter, can I put that to you? Yeah, it was, it was. That's, I couldn't really find a better word than scintillating, really. It was, it was just probably the best adjective, you know. Uh, Bale, you know, like on fire. Vanderbilt yeah. was still there. I mean, we, we were just really um, playing the best football in the league. And, you know, we, we know how it all ended. But uh, I think the Harry for England stuff all came from that. Because, you know, I do think that Fergie started... Do, do, do you think... Peter, do you think this... Do you really think that... Peter, so That's my conspiracy theory. I think those Harry for England things were started by Fergie. <laughs> we were genuinely, we were a genuine threat to their supremacy. The football we were playing, culminating in that five-nil demolition of Newcastle. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, I think Sim, you might have to get our lawyers on the case about uh, Peter's accusation there. <laughs> Before the season started, um, transfer-wise, we'd only spent 5.5 million, but we got back 38 million in transfers. So, again, is this the perennial story of being underspenders? I mean, from memory, I think the only person we bought actually physically paid money for in that summer was Scott Parker. 
And the players who went out was, let me just double check. I mean, O'Hara went out, Robbie Keane went out, Wilson Palacios, Alan Hutton, Peter Crouch went out, and Pavlochenko. The only person we played for was uh, Scott Parker. How did we do? We do we sort of remember back at the time there, or do we feel we had a good enough squad anyway? Um, well, it was it was a good side that we had, wasn't it? And the guys that you read that that had gone out. I suppose that was the previous, the beginning of the Harry era. The, the maybe the players that you walked in with, the, the Woodgates and the Palacioses, who did a very good job. And Crouch, we all know what he did for the side. But just, just I thought we we had a very strong team in this season. Anyway, if you think about the midfields, Lennon on the right, Bale on the left, Modric and Parker in the middle. I think maybe we got Parker a little bit too late. It was yeah, he'd probably just about peaked it was coming out the other side but you, you had Walker coming yeah. back from loan as well so maybe we didn't have to particularly we've got Adebayo on loan as well but we didn't have to yeah. spend too much money in that summer I think that Harry was kind of had moulded the team and it kind of started to take a bit of shape after this but I think the, the problem came in January when like Peter said we were playing that great football and we could have pushed onto a title challenge and yeah. he just didn't give him the backing in, in January he wanted Gary Cahill and Jelovic, who went Everton yeah. and scored a few goals there, and he got Ryan Nelson and Luis Sahara on a free. Yeah, pivotal moment, absolutely yeah. pivotal moment. You talk about turning points. Like, do you? Yeah, fork in the road that was. You know, do we push on? Do you think Peter that was an actual? You know, that that could have really shaped us for seasons to come. Do you think it was that pivotal? Absolutely, turning point for the club put us back. I'm going to people disagree with that. Put us back five years, I think. Had Harry been backed with the players that he wanted, think about it. Cahill went on to win a Champions League. Jelovic scored a ton of goals. There was just a moment when we just needed to kick on, and we didn't. And everybody said it. Everybody in the media was saying it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we got Ryan Nelson and Lewis Aha. They were, you know, no disrespect, but they were on the downward side of their careers by then. And... Uh, yeah, the rest is history. You know, we surrendered that lead to us. Yeah, Peter, I, I totally agree. And, and the way, the way I, you know, I always hop back to that transfer window there. I really genuinely felt we could have gone on and done something there. The way it affected us moving on was like, do you remember at the end of it, we lost Modric because of that and Harry. We didn't just lose Harry, we lost Modric as well. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. And a big that's, knock on effect. That's a great point, that is. But also, I, I think and we you know, we went on some really long unbeaten games. We had an 11-game unbeaten run from September to December. And then also we had a seven-game unbeaten run from mid-December to January. So we had about 18... Yeah, we lost one game in about eighteen games, Premier League games. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. In this, you know, what would we give for that this day and age? Yeah, Sim, what do you think? Our form, like you said, in the early part of that season was fantastic, and it all just turned in one game in February, in my opinion. We were at one point thirteen points clear of Arsenal in that top four race. We were two and at the two and up at the Emirates, and as it stood, if you looked at that as it stands table, we would have been thirteen points clear of them. Turned around, lost that game five two, and. Went on that horror run, where we won. Was it one game in one game in nine, between that and kind of late April, and that was where we fell yeah. out of the top four again. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, don't out of the top three. Yeah. Sorry, we well, it's not even top four. We? I mean, um, do you, who who remembers um, what were the, the favourite games? I, mean, I don't know if you remember. Like, you know, we beat Liverpool four 0 early on in that season, and Liverpool ended up finishing eighth. Mm. And you think you know this is seven or eight years ago? You think where they are now? Yeah, what I particularly liked about that game was Charlie Adam getting sent off because he was he'd been kicking bail, hadn't he, for Blackpool and then for Liverpool. One man vendetta against Gareth. Yeah, Brent, for yeah. for whatever reason, and yeah. and we Modric scored a scored a corker in that game as well, didn't he? 
Yeah, it's a great goal. Do you think Bale was as influential in this season as he was in the following season? Or do you think it was spread out a little bit? Because we had Luca, you know, we had Adi Bayor and Rafa. Do you think that it was a little bit not a one-man team that season? Yeah, well, Adi Bayor got was our top scorer of 18, wasn't he? And Defoe got 17, Van der Vaart 13. So it was... The, the goals were reasonably shared out and reasonably potent as well. I also think Bale had a different role in the team. We we might have disagreed a little bit on that in yeah. yesterday's podcast. But I, from what I seem to remember, is was that midfielder Lennon, Bale, Parker, and Modric. And I, I felt that although he did kind of he did drift about a little bit more and maybe play a bit more centrally at times, I did think Bale was still primarily a left winger in that season. Yeah. And possibly that's the way the team was set up. Sandro played a lot of games in that, and so did Jake Livermore played a lot of games in that season. They played played about twenty games. So, do you, do you think like if we'd have sort of invested a, like in another say central midfielder, someone who could have come in, I don't know, someone a bit better than Parker in that Christmas window or the January window, that that was the key area we needed to invest in. What do you think, Peter? Because you're yeah, quite I... vociferous about not investing in that time. Do you remember where we needed it? What was Huddleston's role in that season? Did he? Not really feature that much in that season. I, I think no. he was he was he was um he only played two Premier League games that year. I think he he did have a few injury problems over, yeah. over the years. Then maybe, maybe he that was a, one of them. Yeah. Like I said, he he wanted some somebody up front, didn't he? And he wanted the central defender as but, well. But Sandro was a top so, midfielder at that point. Sandro was like a folk hero. Uh, I remember him scoring a few bangers yeah. as well. So I I, don't, I think he had a horrible knee injury. He never he? recovered from that injury yeah, at QPR the season the season after this, did he? Yeah. So. I think definitely a striker and central defender. That's just what Harry wanted, I think. I think. But the blend was good. We had Bale playing in a more of a, like an assist kind of role. He hadn't become like the main man until the following season. We only had five wins in our last 13 games. That is just sort of criminal. And do you think this is the season where the term Spursy uh, started, Sim? Yeah, I mean, definitely in, in terms of trying to get in the top four, wasn't it? Because this was the first... You always kind of associate the Spursy thing with the the capitulations at the hands of Arsenal. I think this season, certainly the one after as well, but this season was probably worse. And you know, like I mean, Dan Dan suggested it in the podcast a, a couple of days ago that there's nothing more Spursy um, in definition than the fact that we finished fourth and yet we somehow still ended up not being in the Champions League. Yeah, but we should have finished third. And I think a lot of that was blamed on Harry. Harry took his eyes off the ball. You know, he he had his one eye on the England job. And I think Levy suspected that he was going to take the England job. And I think there's a lot of that going on. And I don't know if it fed through to the team, but somehow from that sort of February onwards, it's just the slide was just that we never won a game or something. Yeah, it's like you're right, Peter. The slide was alarming after we lost to Arsenal in that 5-2 game, you know. Matthew United 3-1, Everton 1-0, Drew with Stoke, Drew with Chelsea, Drew with Sunderland 0-0. I mean, lost at home to Norwich, lost lost away to QPR. I mean, that's tragic form, absolute yeah. tragic form, isn't it? That really was Spursy. And then there must be some correlation, Sim, don't you think, between all the talk around him being their manager? Imagine how the players must feel. Imagine, Sim, in your work <laughs> life, if, say, someone, you know, your manager goes, who's employed you, you feel a bit edgy, don't you? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Harry obviously would not have denied it because it's it, it was his dream job and like you said it might have unsettled the players the form was definitely suggest that if you're going to look at individual games you might want to look at the do you remember do you remember Ian the Man City defeat in January the 3-2 defeat at the Etihad right now that game yeah I do yeah awful we came from 2-0 down equalised and Defoe was stretching at the back stick wasn't he 
Yeah, I think that game signifies the end of Lefty King for me. Yeah. Because yeah. he made a really tired tackle and gave away a penalty. Is it yeah, Balotelli yeah, put, put a penalty away. Spot on. Yeah, I think, yeah. and he, he just lost that majesty. He just, just, he just saw that it's just a really tired tackle, and it, it cost us the game. Balotelli it? stamped on Parker's head, didn't he, in yeah. that game, and it should have been sent yeah, off. That I was mean, a real that, turning that, point. He should have been sent off, you're right. You know, that would have been a different game. We just, I just don't know, I just feel sometimes the luck didn't go our way during that season. I just want to throw another player who was sort of on the books and was flitted in and out was uh, Giovanni De Santos. Sim, what you were young, what did you, what did you sort of think about him? Because he was quite, you know, he was like dubbed the new Messi at some point. What what, what do you remember about him? Roma, came... Roma 5-0. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He came with quite the reputation, didn't he? And I believe he came from Barcelona, didn't he? He did, yeah, he did. When I was 2008, he came in, so I would have been 10. I remember going to a pre-season game against Roma and we won 5-0 and it, it was the pre-Ramos season, the, the the one where Ramos got sacked and Harry ended up coming in. But he was he was brilliant in that game, and so was David Bentley actually. And it just goes to show how misleading pre-season can be. Yeah, yeah, we remember. We yeah, had about three hours to drive to the stadium. Wasn't it? it was on a yeah. Sunday. Well, what was your opinion of him, Ian? I don't know. He just didn't have enough for me. But a player in in uh, who I did like, who sort of I don't know if he was signed that season. It was Lewis Holtby? He was a sort of a similar type of player. I'm not sure whether he was signed in that season, but I sort of really liked him actually. Lewis Holtby, he's like lovely, neat and tidy footballer. And he came with such a really big reputation. But again, we seem to get these players with big reputations and they don't do much. Why? Why is that at this club, or is that at every club? Just looking at our squad from this 11-12 season, and it seems like the. A lot of the players that we'd signed had been signings from domestic. I mean, William Gallas was in the was in the squad. He obviously had a prem reputation. Yunus yeah. Kabul, we, we did <coughs> sign Kabul originally. We sold him and then brought him back, didn't we? But yep. Parker, Adebayor, we seem to have more luck when we get players domestically. And I think Luka Modric is, yeah. is maybe a, a, yeah, a, an anomaly in terms of our, our foreign acquisitions, really. And so if we sort of meander towards the end of the season, so we end up finishing fourth. You know, we sort of uh, pull it round, beat Blackburn, Bolton Wanderers, drew with Villa and then uh, beat Fulham at home to finish fourth. And then we all know what happens next. And <laughs> Chelsea go and win the Champions League and we don't get the Champions League. Now, that's really Spursy. And uh, guys, are you happy not to talk about that? Well, <laughs> I'm happy to give it a miss as well, personally. Harry was in the Sky Studio, wasn't he? And, and I, which I couldn't believe. It just how, how he was able to hold himself together and, and do punditry on that game was is beyond me. Yeah, so I, I think you see Chelsea fans yeah. turning around the, the the glass box and giving him giving yeah. him gestures, and I, I don't know how he kept his cool though. Yeah, I think uh, Drogba scored a goal in that game that broke my heart. Uh, when that went in, I just thought they're going to win the. You know, I think it was an equalising goal or something. You know, it was just like all the planets lined up for him that season. I just can't see yeah. anything else really. I was actually at a wedding in Wales, and luckily I sort of. Didn't see the game, so and I just had a news blackout. It really upset me for a long time. But anyway, let's move on to something more interesting. So during that season in the Europa League, a certain Harry Kane played six times in the Europa League, including his. I think he made his debut away at Hearts. I think so. That, that that's quite positive. So like you know, in 2011-12, Harry Kane was there, but then he went on loan to Millwall in that season. Yeah. Um, but then we done in the. The Europa League. What, do you remember much about the Europa League um, that that season, Sim? We went out in the group stage, didn't we? It, which is yeah, it's a disaster. We, yeah, we always go. We always go through the for the group stage in the Europa League, but maybe that was what was well, hard to say actually because our form was terrible after February when 
the Europa League would have come back anyway. So I would have said that our form in going out of it, might, maybe he played weakened teams in the in the yeah. group stages and that's why we didn't go through. Well, I, I can't really I, remember. I don't think Harry was particularly mm-hmm. fond of the Europa League because mm-hmm. when he came in to take over from Ramos, the first thing he did was to get us knocked out of the Europa League because he, cause we, were gonna, we were really threatened with relegation that season mm-hmm. when he took over, so... I don't think he particularly really yeah, he had a fondness for that competition at all. Yeah, that, that was Channel quite tough days, those Thursday nights there. Channel 5, yeah. And then the FA Cup, so we did really, you know, we had a, a journey to the FA Cup semi-finals again. We beat Cheltenham, Watford, Stevenage, um, and then we played Bolton on the famous Fabrice Mwamba um, 1-1 when he was abandoned, when he had his cardiac arrest on the pitch. And then we played Chelsea in the semi-final. I mean, that Chelsea semi-final broke me again. Painful. I was there. It was Easter. I think it was there just after the weekend after Easter or whatever. And I remember my mate had a ticket, and I thought he says I got a spare ticket. And I thought it was to sit with him. It was to sit on my own, right at the back row oh. of Wembley. Like you know, there's nothing behind you except the wall. Yeah. There was just a oh, wall God. behind me, and we lost five one. And oh God. Yeah. So, we we had that game yeah. in. No, I was, but well, I remember, you know... Uh, you Santa scored a goal that wasn't even over the line. It wasn't even over the line. Yeah. They gave it. There was not even goal line technology at that point, was there? Czech, that, that, that would have sorted no, out. No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. It was, it was maybe a season before that came in. Czech brought down Adebayo or Bale, and then Bale put the ball in or Adebayo, but then Czech was allowed to stay on the pitch. I didn't, never got that. Because they, they could have they either given the penalty, and yeah. if they'd given the penalty, Czech yeah. would have been sent off, or... They would not give the penalty; they give the goal. So basically, I, I don't know what the rule was stating, but they basically gave a goal and Chet stayed on the pitch. But it was yeah. it was a deliberate foul, wasn't it? Horrible day. I had a yeah. nice I had a nice bacon double cheese <laughs> cheeseburger <laughs> before the game. That's the best thing about that day. The pre-match. Brilliant. Was it nice? Was it? Yeah, it was I, actually quite was nice. It expensive, yeah. Peter. Though it, 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 it was, was a double it, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, was this not the year that football burgers might have changed? Ian, have you noticed a difference about the quality or the kind of the the, the type of burger that you might get outside a football ground these days? Is has changed somehow? It's definitely. Definitely. Or uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really eat anything outside of burger um, outside of White Hart Lane, I think now because the food inside White Hart Lane now is just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, but we call it a specific year. We call it the gourmetification of burgers. <laughs> when burgers became very pontified, oh, really? you used to get those nice horribly stewed onions uh, that you could smell from oh. two miles away, and, and it was also yeah. stewed in this liquid. And they, but they tasted amazing. But then the flavour seemed to go out of them when they started to make them more posh. I don't know what you think. Oh, just while we're on the food analogies, the average price of a pint of beer in uh, 2012 was £3.18. It went, uh, went up 9p the following year. So not, not a huge inflationary uh, increase. So, yeah, great days, great days. Um, just moving on to the League Cup, we had Stoke away and we lost 7-6 on uh, penalties. Brilliant, eh? That was a dark, another dark day. Yeah. I feel I feel every time we get knocked out by penalties, we just never seem to win on penalties, and it's just a bit frustrating. But I, th- I think this season, uh, Sim, can you sort of wrap up this season really? Because we played some lovely football, we had some really long unbeaten runs. But I don't know what you, how would you sum it up? Uh, well, it ultimately ended in misery, didn't it? And you know, the, the team had so much potential, and it, it just didn't. It, you know, Lennon, Bale, Modric, Van der Vaart. Uh, it was. It was. It was good sides that just didn't win anything first and foremost wasn't allowed to stay yeah. together because we didn't get over the line in terms of the Champions League and 
I suppose you could just say the mentality of the the club that's been wrong for <laughs> that's still arguably wrong now was what cost us in that season and very disappointing. Although we played some great stuff and it was one of my favourite Spurs teams to watch. It's just nothing to show for it. Yeah, high point is the yeah, I agree. five nil demolition of Newcastle, and I think I was in LA and eight hours behind. So I was having breakfast and Simeon skyped me the game and we were five nil up. That was a high point, but you know, I guess it's a season that's going to be defined by the way it ended, with that West Brom yeah. game, Arsenal playing West Brom, and they had the reserve goalkeeper. Yeah, well, Martin Fuller. Martin Fuller. Martin yeah. Fuller. Yeah. It's re- very, very sad because he, he bossed away, didn't he? Yeah, um, but Ben Foster had been the did. main guy, and then Martin Fuller threw a couple in, didn't he? That, that <laughs> awful, awful, awful performance, and it was just the only, it's one and only game for West Brom. But I think you're right, Peter, summing it up like that, the way it ended. I mean, overall, for me, it was a good season for a team. Basically, hadn't spent much, but the way it ended left a bit of taste. And possibly, if the team had spent, I think your your point, Pete, was a great point about the transfer window has been defining, I think, for the following you know, years to come after that. I really do genuinely agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah, it's the fallout from not backing Harry, I think. It did have costs, you know. How, it cost us Modric and it cost us the manager. Yeah, how, how did you feel about Harry, by the way, Ian? Was he, were you a fan of him? Do you know what? I, I wasn't at the time because of this England thing. I mean, I love the way some of the football was fantastic. I wasn't his biggest, biggest fan at the time, but I really like him, you know, as a person. He makes me laugh. Um, I, just, I just think in key games we sort of lost it. You know, well, they they sort of said he sometimes he was tactically inept. You know, Arsenal away, Man United at home, Everton away. Could could you blame him in the big games? You know, Man City away. We lost all these big games. You know, Man Man United away, first game of the season. Man City at home, we lost five one. You know, no, all I these disagree. big games. I disagree. I think Harry's tactical now stands. He, he stands up. I mean, think about the San Siro away. You know, uh, in the previous season, the season before the tooth, the each yeah, that was that was a tactical master. That was brilliant. Just that game alone, you know. No, I, I, I tactically, I think he, I, I think he was sound. It's just that he was a lot better than people give him credit for. I think tactically. Oh, uh, really? That's interesting. You say that. No, I mean, I, I really like him. He makes me laugh, and I mean, he's a wonderful team. I, I just, yeah, I, I feel just that that season's just bitterly disappointing for me. Yeah. Anyway, guys. I've enjoyed talking about that season. I was sort of dreading it. I just want to point out Liverpool again. I don't know if we've mentioned this earlier. Liverpool finished eighth in that season. But I've really enjoyed going back through the season. It's sort of, has it exercised any ghosts for me? Not really. I'm still angry about it. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, Cheers Peter. Thanks, Sim. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Cheers Ian. Speak to you soon. Yeah.